Hello and welcome to Case Reopened. I'm your host, Tyler Treese. I'm joined by Colleen. We're the number one Detective Counter Rewatch podcast. Because no one's dumb enough to do this. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. So we are here covering episode 155 of Detective Counter. This is the underwater key in the locked room case. In addition to going over this episode, we're also going to highlight our favorite manga cases that have been adapted into anime episodes so far. So that's from episode 1 to episode 154. So we're going to reminisce about some of our favorite episodes, uh, much like we did for some of our favorite anime originals a while back. I figured we could do that, have a fun conversation, Colleen, talk about some of the classics. <laughs> yeah, or I guess what we regard as the classics. We'll see if people, uh, what they think of our choices, right? But before we do that, we're going to go right into episode 155 of the Underwater Key in the Locked Room case. This originally aired August 2nd, 1999. The Conan's hint going into this episode was crayon. Which color? Red crayon. Well, yeah, that's what ended up being on the on the walls. Did you have crayons that had, like, fascinating names, like raspberry red or, I don't know, banana yellow? I'm just coming up with fruit names, but you know what I mean. There's a fascinating to you? You're like, wow. <laughs> These are such fascinating <laughs> colors. Blueberry blue. <laughs> Grape purple. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing it up with like paint color names because they always Apple come up red. with like sunset papaya or something like that. All right. So sadly, they did not use a sunset papaya crayon. Uh, they just used a red one for this case. And... Kind of introduces the case by saying, Today we tackle the truth behind a mysterious key, a shocking trick in a locked room. Were you shocked by the trick, Colleen? Oh, I was flabbergasted beyond imagination. Oh, wow. The episode begins with Kogoro, Ron, and Conan looking for the Hikari Meissen. The Hikari Meissen apartment complex. Kogoro says it's probably condemned by now. And Conan spots a newly remodeled apartment building called the Light Mason. They talk to the landlady, a 73-year-old woman named Suda Mitsue. The apartments went under renovation earlier this spring. Turns out that she knows Kogoro as he used to live there as a student for six months after his parents kept meddling in his business. So, <laughs> what, a, what a fun fact from Kogoro. So he left home to live by himself for six months. Uh, in a shitty apartment complex, because his parents were all up in his biz. Imagine that, like, making him do his homework and take out the garbage. Yeah, he wasn't having that. What what kind of biz do you think Kogoro was getting up to when he was a student? Drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Drugs? <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe gambling? Like... No, I, I feel thought like... maybe he was trying to like bring girls home, and you're like he was doing heroin as well. <laughs> no, no, I think Kogoro was pretty straight laced. Like he was a tutor. Like you know all these little like background backstory snippets that we're getting from Kogoro. He was a tutor. He was on the police force. You know he got married young. Like so, I feel like he was doing some some pretty clean stuff. I'm just kidding around. All right, so some very quality, pure heroin. Mitsue tells Conan that she lives with her grandson named Makoto, who's studying architecture at Junin University. 
However, she's concerned as he's been locking himself in his room for hours on end lately and not telling her why. She called Kogoro to come here as she thought the famous detective would be able to make him talk. Mitsue says Makoto should have come downstairs at 8pm and now it's 8.20. They all go upstairs to the fourth floor to check up on him. Turns out that she rents the first three floors out and they live on the fourth floor. What do you think about this old lady? Was she suspicious? Were you like, this old lady's gonna kill somebody? Because it seems like everybody Kogoro knows from his past winds up being a murderer. You know, he had his uh, former police guy that was in that anime original. He had his friend in the uh, classroom murder case. We just had that other case. The girl he tutored was a murderer. So, like, this old lady was gunning for somebody, right? When you put it that way, it it would seem like that. But watching the case, I never, like, that thought didn't even cross my mind. I mean, she seemed fine. Um, she has a a pretty nice personality. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of liked her. I thought she was funny. Well, see, I think once you get to that age, you have nothing better to do other than come up with murder plots. So I was always wary of her. I was always keeping a watchful eye, you know? Well, yeah, but now... So up until this moment, she had her grandson to take care of. But now with him gone, totally in the realm of possibility that she'll come up with murder plots because she has nothing better to do. No one else to take care of at this point. Mitsue rings the doorbell, but nobody answers, and the door is locked. She uses the spare key she has to get inside, and she finds a sweater near the door and drawings all over the walls in red. Kogoro touches the red lines and says it's just crayon, and they find it even on the floor. I like how he touches it to see what it was. Like, did he think it was all blood? Like, what? <laughs> I guess so. What was he going to get out of this? And Ron's reaction was really bizarre, too. She's like, ugh, gross. Ew, this is like such a faux pas. <laughs> Yikes, this is how you decorate your apartments. I have my imported bag from overseas. Right, this is a crime against interior decorating. <laughs> Conan spots the crayon by a door and turns the lights on to find a statue of an underwater monument. This is a weird thing just to have in the room. I guess because he's an architecture student, but it's just a random-ass monument with a bunch of water in it. Yeah, I wouldn't question it if it wasn't in the middle of the room. If it was, like, tucked in somewhere with all of, the, all of his other, like, projects, big whoop, but it's, like, right there, like, where someone can trip over it. Mitsue yells out for her grandson, and Conan finds a key in the water. Makoto is nowhere to be found. And Mitsue enters the bathroom, and we hear her scream. They find him with his wristlet in the bathtub, and Kogoro says it's too late, as he's dead. His grandmother can't accept this, and she tells Kogoro to call Kido, who's a medical student friend of Makoto's, who lives on the third floor. Kogoro tries to explain that it's too late, but she yells at him, so Conan goes downstairs to fetch him. Poor Granny, she's having a rough time here. Yeah, she'll regret calling. I guess, no, she wouldn't regret calling Kogoro because it would have happened anyways. No, no, this, we find out later that the whole reason why her son, her grandson was killed was because Kogoro was coming over. <laughs> he is the bringer of death. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he literally is the reason that he died this time. Man, I feel bad for her then. <laughs> Kido doesn't answer Kenan's knocks at the door, so he opens up the unlocked room. Kenan finds Kido passed out drunk and finds a bunch of glass cases filled with fish and beetles in it. 
Kido wakes up and kind of explains what happened, so he goes upstairs with him. There's then this very weird scene where Kido's just, like, taking off his uh, feet when he enters the room, but Conan has this weird, like, he's, I don't know if he saw something suspicious, they never really make a big deal out of this later, but he's just like, <gasps> and <laughs> this part confused the hell out of me. I don't so- know if this stood out for you while you were watching, but, like, this was the weirdest thing. I don't I don't know what they were trying to highlight. They didn't really... I thought maybe they were trying to show the door, but they don't really show the door during this. Like, it's just beyond belief. I don't know what they were trying to highlight here. So this is the scene where they get into the, the other guy's apartment, right? And they're in the doorway? Yeah. So Kido was looking at the sweater, I thought, and that's why Conan had a reaction. He's like, oh, that guy's, like checking out that sweater or it's like i think he even touched it or maybe he didn't but anyways he paid attention to that sweater for some reason so that i thought that's what conan was reacting to okay so noticing a sweater being just randomly at the beginning of the room very suspicious it wasn't folded so that might have put him off too it's like why is this sweater not folded properly into a square Kido takes a look and confirms what Kogoro said, and Mitsue finally accepts that her grandson is gone. We then see Inspector Meguri, Detective Yokoyama, and Takagi arrive. I love that this case was apparently so complex that we needed <laughs> Detective Yokoyama here. I have no clue why any of, like, I don't know why he was here. Because all of his lines could have just went to Takagi. They really did not need a third body. I kind of like that he was here. It's kind of nice to have somebody, like... Other than the regular detectives, and he actually got to speak a bit, because I feel like every other time we've seen Detective Yokoyama, he's usually just in the background, or he's not really given much of a role, but he had a few sentences here, which I thought was cool. But I was just very like, why did they think it was necessary to add (laughs) him here for all all cases? Hey, they only call him in for the really complex ones. What do you think of Yokoyama? I mean, he was there. Yeah? Like, he has such... (laughs) Like, compared to, like, I, I get it, it's nice to have a little bit of a variety in the detectives, um, but compared to Megre and Takagi's, sort of, those two big characters, and, like, they're just so already established, and they have, like, their own quirks and things like that, like, I feel like Yokoyama just pales in comparison from, like, a character standpoint, and his design is even, like, I don't know, it, it he doesn't match with the rest of them. But I didn't mind him being there. Like like you said, he, I could have taken him or left him. Like, it didn't really matter to me. Yeah, you know, Meguri has his character. He's the boss. You know, he's very much a veteran presence. Takagi has his character. He's an idiot. You know, they have <laughs> their defined the roles. He's the rookie on the team, the lovable one. Goofy. I can go on talking about Takagi. <laughs> So they look at Makoto's dead body, and uh, they say that he's been dead for two or three hours, which puts the time of death at either 6 or 7 p.m. Kegreo, as he often does, suggests that the death was a suicide, and shows them the (laughs) underwater monument that Makoto made. They see the key in the water, which is used to open the door, and Kegreo says the key can't easily be duplicated, and that only the grandmother and the security company have extras. Since the door is locked, that makes this a locked room case. Unless evil granny killed him, you know? Right, because you're still thinking that it's uh, it's her, right? At this point. Well, I mean, I never actually thought it was her. It was more just a bit for the show. Right, but, right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
How excited were you at the prospect of a locked room murder case? Because you, like, we've talked about this before, and I, I feel like you like them. Like, they're uh, one of the types that uh, we talk about as being, like, sort of our favorites. Yeah, I'm always excited when it's a locked room, because that's a very specific type of puzzle you're trying to figure out. Like, how'd they get the key placed to the spot? How'd they lock the door? You know, there's always a... I gotta say, the, the thing I came up with was... I think that actual, like, ending was a little bit less exciting than what I thought. So I saw the, the beetle earlier, and I saw the crayon, and I was like, okay, apparently, I'm guessing beetles follow crayons. So I thought, like, he made this uh, <laughs> elaborate trail for these beetles in that the beetles lock the door by, like, walk... Because the, the line goes through the uh, the door lock. So I thought the, I don't know, like, this trail of beetles, like, <laughs> were able to turn the lock. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't amazing. make much sense. But that's what I, I thought it was going. It did not, sadly. That was my big... I was, like, trying to figure it out. I'm like, the Beatles follow the crayons. And I was like, <laughs> I'm a genius. Um. So that wasn't too far off as to why I thought the crayon was involved in the first place. Like, I thought maybe the crayon was attached to the Beatle, and the Beatle was, like, walking around and made all of those squiggly lines. And that's why it was so <laughs> random. So, yeah. like Beatles love to draw. Apparently. They're so artistic. Mitsue says that Makoto would never commit suicide. She brought him juice at 5pm and Makoto mentioned he wanted to eat pumpkin for dinner. Who would kill themselves when they had pumpkin waiting? <laughs> Not me. Yokoyama asked what type of juice she brought up. Like, See, this is why I like Yokoyama. <laughs> He's asking the important question. He says, what juice did you bring up? Do you have any more? Can I get a glass? Oh my gosh, what is the sugar intake in this juice? I'm counting my calories. <laughs> but, like, because Yokoyama has no personality, that question, like, I had to laugh because it was such a ridiculous question. Sure, it was <laughs> maybe important to the plot, but, like, the way he delivered it was so straight in the face. He's just like, what juice? Like, I feel like... I don't know. If if that were maybe even Megare, he, he'd make it a little bit more theatrical. She says it was a special blend that she makes herself to prevent dehydration. If you want to make it at home, the ingredients are honey, garlic, and banana juice. This sounds terrible. I bet her grandson had this drink, and he was like, God, life really isn't worth living. And then he just killed himself. Never again. So this is the culinary portion of the podcast. Where we t where we give recipes on the air. Do you have any special blends blended juices that you make, Colleen? Do you have a juicer? I do, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. What what do you like to make in it? Uh, so my juice of choice is celery with apple. Okay. Because I feel like the apple, like celery, doesn't have a a very strong taste to begin with, and then the apple gives it a little sweetness. Or I'll do like a carrot juice and put in some other stuff like apple and celery and maybe some spinach yeah all right we also do beet juice but yeah so you didn't expect actual an actual answer did you <laughs> no you seem like a woman that juices herself <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you i don't know mitsuway saw no signs that he was suicidal but keto disagrees he says that makoto was stressed out from university 
that the model he was making for his graduation project wasn't going well. Kagura says Makoto must have been depressed over that and points out the messy crayon drawings in the setup of the apartment. He was surely emotionally disturbed. Like, first sign of depression is drawing all over the walls, I guess, in Kogoro's mind. Kind of then spots white stuff on the key, and Takagi picks it up out of the water. However, the white <laughs> stuff that was wrapped around the key breaks off, and Megari yells at Takagi, calling him stupid. He says, what are you doing, stupid? Ah, oh, classic Takagi. This is such a great part. I liked it. You li- See, I thought you were going to have an issue. I thought you were going to come to the defense of your boy here. And instead, you you like seeing him get belittled. Oh, no, I meant, like, I liked how Takagi, like, this is Takagi's moment, and of course they chose it to be a joke. Like, of all the people that could mess up the evidence, it's Takagi. Kevin says it was probably toilet paper, and says only that melts like that as a tissue wouldn't do that. Kevin believes it was toilet paper cut into stripes and then made in the string, but he doesn't understand why it was put there. Do you ever cut up toilet paper, Colleen? Um, no, I don't know. Maybe you could add it to your juicer? Yeah, like, what, for extra fiber? <laughs> I don't know yeah. what what uh, nutritional properties toilet paper has. Kegra says it was probably a weird hobby of Makoto's. Imagine your hobby being cutting toilet paper. I mean, I guess he's already emotionally disturbed, so I guess it makes as much sense as anything. Yeah, Kogoro's just, like, on the path to victory here. He's just getting everything right. Yeah, he reminds us all that it's a locked room case. However, Conan mentions that an air vent is open. And Kogoro says, do you really think someone could get through a gap that small? And he says it's only 15 millimeters long and every other window is locked. Conan says that the lights were off and it's nearly impossible to cut your vein in the dark. Takagi says that while it was still daylight when the death occurred, there aren't any windows in the bathroom, so there's no way he could have cut his vein open. Interesting, Colin. Okay, so are we... Yeah. So, are they saying that that there was just one cut? Because I was, like, watching this thinking, well, I mean, you could do it in the dark if you, like, I guess hacked at your arm, but if there was just one cut then maybe that that's they mention it later that it was just one cut like one precision okay cool Megari says the criminal must have turned off the lights after the crime and yokoyama surmises that the killer also made the crayon drawings as well thank you here's your participation ribbon <laughs> we appreciate your input yokoyama <sighs> like what would we do without him yeah he was here to ask about the juice and then say i bet the killer made the drawings too Huh? I bet nobody thought of that. At least you're not ruining evidence like Takagi. <laughs> Megari wonders how the criminal put the key in the water, and Conan thinks to himself that there are two questions to answer. One, why did the criminal carefully color in the line on the door handle as the crayon goes right over the lock? I thought it was to lead the beetles around there and just, you know, twist the lock. Come on. Makes sense to me. Yep. And the second so question... <laughs> Was, why is the vent open? I mean, I guess they were venting stuff. I don't know. Maybe it was vaping. 1999. Yep. Asking all the hard-hitting questions. Kenan then notices that something else was open other than the window, and that's when Kogoro claims he has figured everything out. Are you ready for the deduction show, Colleen? Oh, yeah. Especially if it's like a awake Kogoro deduction show. I'm there. Kogoro says... Let's grab the pop- popcorn for this show. 
Kegura says it was actually a murder and tells everybody to follow him. Kegura claims the key to the trick was the mailbox slot. He believes the criminal linked a string to the model and pulled it to the door. He then drew the key through the opening in the mail slot and used the key to lock the door. He then put the key back on the string and kept stretching it so that the key would ultimately go into the water and the toilet paper would dissolve once it was wet, dropping the key into the model. Kagura says the mystery has been solved, and Megaru's impressed. He's like, yeah, good job, Kagura. And that's it. Yep. A perfect deduction, Colleen. I mean, I was kind of buying it. I was like, okay, Kogoro's onto something here. Like, that seems like a feasible option. Yeah, but Conan has to be a buzzkill, and he's like, hey, there's something I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, when you turn left from the entrance to get to the living room, if you drew a string, uh, you'd pass over the door jam and leave a mark. I didn't know this was a word until today. Door jam, which is what is? I, do you know? Do you, did you know about this yet? It's like the part of your door mm-hmm. that's like thick at the end, like on the no, edge. No, I mean it, I, a, I. I thought it was like a, a typo. They kept putting that <laughs> B at the end. I thought it was just door jam. Then they were like door jam. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I Googled it. It's a real thing. With with the B. Oh, okay. Because a door, bee, jam, door jam. Like, I was like, are they talking about a doorstop? You know, those like little triangle things you put in your Yeah, that's door. what I was thinking too. But no. Door jam. Door jam. <laughs> also just called a jam. You know? Wow. Door jam. We're learning English from <laughs> Japanese show that's subtitled. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Whoever talks about that specific part of your door, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, However, there's no mark on the door jam, and Conan believes that the criminal used crayon to mark it so that people knew a string wasn't used, because the the string would go rub against the crayon. So, that's kind of interesting here. This whole crayon thing, well, I guess it had like a secondary function. You know, at first it was to make the kid look insane, Makoto. But it's also used to show, like, oh, hey, this murder thing you think's possible? It's not, because there would be evidence from this crayon, because, like, this crayon was everywhere. It was all the edges. Like, he went meticulously up these edges and stuff. He must have had so many crayons. We only see one, <laughs> but I feel like this dude must have used, like, 20 crayons. So he just bought a bunch of boxes and just took out the red crayons from all of them? Yeah, that's how they should have found the culprit. They should have went to all the, like, craft stores, <laughs> arts and crafts, and been like, who bought all of the red crowns? <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, he just maybe just took them out of the boxes, not even buying the other colors. Yeah, I thought the crayon thing was going to be a lot different. I I can't even tell if I'm disappointed in what it was used for or if I thought it was ingenious. Like, I just thought that it was going to go in a different direction. Kagura then guesses that the key was put straight into the mail slot, but he looks at the crayon on the lock and says there's no trace there either. Finally, he says the air vent was used, but Mitsue says that's impossible, as she has a watchdog that stays nearby, and he barks at everyone but family members. I felt bad for this watchdog. He was just tied to this pole, and he had, like, four feet of leash. I know, and he looked like a big dog, too. Like, that's definitely not enough... Uh area to play around and anyways he uh uh he kind of looked like jumbo from episode two for anybody who remembers jumbo if you remember the deep cuts that's the dog that conan rides while he's looking for the little girl that was kidnapped 
classic case. Yeah. And uh, so the dog barks at everybody that's not family, and Kido's like, yeah, he always barks at me. And Mitsue says that if somebody was acting weird out there, then the dog would bark even louder. So I gotta say, Mitsue, she might have been a good grandmother, bad dog owner. Yeah, but what what are we gonna do? We're gonna save that dog, Colleen. We gotta go into the anime world. We're gonna (gasps) help him. Yay, okay. Let's go. Kogoro guesses it was a suicide after all. I like how he's just flip-flopping. He's like, well, guess it was a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to plan B for me. Conan doesn't think that's quite true. And in his mind, he says the culprit's actually right here. And he then re- remarks that Makoto's wound was a single cut done with surgical precision. And that the only person that could have done that is a medical student like Kido. However, Conan doesn't know what trick he used. And that's when he notices a bug trap outside. Straight by the dog, and he puts everything together, and he understands why the window is open. Did you did you have it figured out here, Colleen? Like, uh, I, they make it kind of obvious that Keto must have done it anyhow, because he's the only other person there. Yeah. Unless you want to go murderous granny route, which uh, I'd like to entertain, but I wasn't really uh, thinking that was the case. Uh, did you have any, this is definitely one of those cases where you're trying to figure out how they did it rather than who did it. Did you have any, uh theories as to how he murdered the grandson yeah so just going back to the grandmother thing though like you know poisoning the juice might have been one way for granny to do it but uh yeah i (laughs) besides the crayon part of this episode i remembered the other part like like with the key and the beetle and all that so i wasn't totally surprised um i mean (laughs) i so yeah like it was kind of like they were giving us all the little, like pieces that we needed. I mean, Conan had the advantage here because he was the only one that went down to Keto's uh, apartment to, and he actually saw the Beatles. So I feel like that was um, something that Conan had like the edge over all the police officers. So because as the audience, we also got to see that we kind of knew, OK, Beatles are going to be part of this. Conan smells something, and he notices something in Kido's back pocket. Conan finds a cup on the shelf and asks Mitsue if that's what she used to serve juice earlier. She's surprised that Makoto washed the cup, and Conan has found the proof that he needs. I really like this thought that he, like, drank this juice, and he was like, well, I'm gonna kill myself, but I better do the dishes first. Yeah. I don't want to make a mess. That's right. This is, this is my, like, my final act for my grandma. She always told me to... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna draw all over all over the uh, walls and. But I can't leave a dirty sink of dishes. He then loudly declares that he's figured out the trick. Megary's surprised, and Kenneth says he'll show them, but he needs to borrow the spear key from Mitsue, and she's just like, "Here, have the key, kid. Go for it." I totally trust you. Yeah, this was strange how Conan just went off on a tangent here, and everybody's just willing to sit there and listen, like he didn't. Knock out Kogoro, he didn't get the police like to help him under thinking they were helping Kogoro. He just did everything himself. He took full credit and nobody questioned a thing. I was gonna mention this at the end, but it's almost like after this episode happened, I was like, Well, what's the point of sleeping Kogoro anymore? Yeah, really. Because he's shown himself capable of solving complex murders. And why does Ron ever suspect him as being Shinichi again if she's like Oh, well, he can solve these cases. He's just a really smart kid. Yeah. So this uh, episode had the potential to totally change 
the way, like the structure of the rest of the series. However, it's an anime original, so nothing matters. (laughs) (laughs) True. Conan tells him to wait there, and he sets everything up by putting the sweater by the door and tells him to turn off the lights once he leaves the room. Tells them all to be quiet, and we then see a male beetle walking across the sweater with a key attached to it. They follow the beetle, which goes to the monument and drops the key into the water, climbs up to the top of the monument. How long do you think this whole thing took? Because they were just watching this beetle. Beetles aren't fast. Yeah, this probably (laughs) took like 10 minutes. (laughs) So the beetle climbs up to the top of the monument, and then it flies out the window to the bug trap. Conan returns and asks how the trick went. Megary wonders why the beetle behaved that way, and Conan explains that the top of the model is covered with a scent that male beetles love. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. What do you think about the the beetle trick, Colleen? And do you have any love for beetles? Do you own a beetle? Tell us about your beetle juice. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Um, um, I'm indifferent to beetles. I mean, they're... I'm not afraid of them, but I don't necessarily want to have one as a pet. Um, yeah, I thought the the trick was interesting. Like it almost feels like they're really grabbing at straws. They're like at a production meeting, be like, "Okay, guys, we need some really creative way to have this murder happen. Anybody have ideas?" And like the only thing they came up with was a beetle doing this. So I don't know. It was kind of out of left field, but it was entertaining as a concept. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clever. I was kind of disappointing that the like crayons didn't serve a bigger role. We were kind of just like a red herring. <laughs> red. Uh-huh. Get it? Red. The color. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of glad. I was kind of sad that I didn't direct the Beatles. Like I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is the master Beatle route. Or that the Beatle didn't leave the crayon trail like I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it just walked on a sweater. I was like, oh, well, that's a little underwhelming. <laughs> Just, like, marched over to the room. Also, the fact that, like, when it actually got onto the um the monument model and, like, the key fell into the water, I was like, okay, what are the chances that it was going to do that every single time? Like, what if the key just, you know, continued on the little platform thing and it never fell in the water? Well, you know, those are the risks you take. I guess. <laughs> So we learned that the sweater was on the floor so that the beetle could walk through it easier, as floor tiles are hard for beetles to walk on. In the hallway and living room are carpeted, unlike the entrance. Takagi says Conan is incredible, and he wonders where Conan got the beetle from. Conan explains that Kido has a ton of them in his room and apologizes for letting one get away, and Kido's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have nothing to do with this other beetle that you're talking about. Conan then looks at Kido and says Kido has already come up here earlier today. Kido's like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? And Kenan was, and then Kenan says, huh, why does your handkerchief smell like Mitsue's homemade juice, huh? Why do I smell some banana juice there, huh? Uh-huh. Some banana garlic juice. Kenan says Kido took the cup that Makoto drank from and washed it, and he uses handkerchiefs to wipe up some that spilled on the floor. Conan explains that Kido was scared that the male beetle would smell the juice and forget the scent of a female beetle, which uh, Kido put on the model. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, so horny ass beetles. Well, apparently not because he, the beetle would have been more interested in the food than the smell of the female. Is what this well, guy you, was afraid of. You gotta have priorities, you know. Yeah. So you can't fuck on an empty stomach. Okay. So <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're saying that the beetle would have gone to the female scent eventually. You had to figure out what was going on with the banana juice scent first. Yeah, and you don't want the key to drop in the banana juice. No. I mean, that would... It didn't... Now that I'm thinking of it, it probably didn't even matter where the key landed. Like, as long as it was back in the apartment and then the beetle, you know, escaped without the key, I think it would be fine. Although you would wonder, why is this, like, toilet paper attached to it? If it didn't get into the water, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, you've got Takagi there to figure that out for you. <laughs> Mitsue confronts Kido and Megari tells him to present his handkerchief. Kido says he was really clumsy and that he was so stoked that his plan succeeded that he forgot to deal with the handkerchief. Instead, he had a few drinks to celebrate and passed out. Megari asks why he did it, and Kido says they hatched a plan a year ago that they'd steal sedatives from the university and sell them. Makoto later changed his mind and backed out. When Kido heard that Kogoro was coming tonight, he freaked out, thinking Makoto would leak it, so he murdered him. See? Kogoro is the entire reason that her grandson's dead. Yeah. Well, that kind of that's kind of like every episode. Kogoro shows up, <laughs> there's some sort of murder happening. I did think this was interesting that the guy's reaction to a great detective coming over was, well, I better commit a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not like he was trying to test him either. You know how like some criminals are like, I'm going to try and get away with the perfect crime. He was just like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> he was like, you know what? I'm going to kill him and uh, I'm going to get shit faced. Uh, we'll see how it, how it goes. <laughs> I respect his attitude. Mitsue then slaps Kido across the face. What do you think about old Granny showing her? She had some vigor for a 73-year-old slapping foals. It looked like a hard slap, too. Yeah, you go, girl. Nobody kills your grandson and gets away with it. Well, I, well, did kill him, though. Uh, oh yeah. Kegara then says, I'm sure Makoto truly regretted what he'd done. That's probably why he decided to stop. Although it's a little late to say this, a man's life is more precious than you can ever imagine. You can keep thinking about that all while you're in jail. Think long and hard. It has cost you a big part of your life. Megari then handcuffs Kido, and a free magic starts to play as we go to the ending song. What'd you think about the little monologue, the little slap? Uh, did, the, did this have any emotional impact? Because uh, it kind of fell flat for me. Emotionally? I didn't really care. I was like, eh. Whatever. <laughs> and like, Kogur's speech wasn't all that... I, you know what? I think the thing is, Kogoro was actually awake here, mm-hmm. so it wasn't Conan giving the speech, yep. and that's why it fell flat. Totally. Um, yeah, it was like, it kind of lost the emotional impact when you realized Makoto was not really on the right side of the law, I guess. Like, he was equally um, guilty and had dirty hands as the other guy so i was like okay i mean i don't know you're just not a character that i'll sympathize with i guess i felt bad for the grandmother though because obviously she cared about him a ton and it's like now she's gonna be by herself um managing that whole building so hopefully she'll be okay after the ending song ron is feeling sad for mitsue kogoro says ron and conan should visit her every once in a while they agree, and Ron says Conan was really great tonight with his deduction. Conan says it was nothing, as he's always hearing Kogoro's deductions. And Kogoro says, now that's something to be proud of. Thanks to me, you're learning detective skills without even trying. Ha 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 ha. 
<laughs> yeah, it was so. It was a little weird to not have sleeping Kogro there, or you know, just any like what like Conan solved the case right in front of everybody, and nobody questioned it. So and now he's gonna go back to having to hide it every episode. Right, it makes no real sense. No, it's totally contradictory to the whole point as to why Shinichi's pretending to you know solve cases via sleeping Kogro, like because he doesn't want Conan to be shown as like a super mystery solving little kid. I don't know. It it was just like a a step in a different direction, and I don't feel like we're. Like, the series isn't going to take anything from this episode, because as, as you said, um, it's an anime original, and <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah, kind of, the episode wraps up, kind of has a little one-liner. He says, is the one that needs to so- learn more about detective skills. <laughs> <laughs> and the next count intended for next time calling, please remember this, Professor Gasa's newest invention. <laughs> I love how it was like a box, <laughs> and it's just like this big mystery. What do you think it'll be? Are you excited? Are you, what, you know, we had the sushi fax machine before, the bento box fa- uh, fax machine. Classic. What kind of amazing uh, invention is he going to come up with? Oh, geez. I don't know. Maybe like a something with a ramen bowl, like a ramen bowl, I don't know, gun <laughs> or something. Okay. Ramen bowl gun. Conan's going to start uh, more. Uh, Conan's going to start just shooting fools. Yep, that's my prediction, as bad as it is. Alright, so be on the lookout for that, because next week we're covering Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story 2. So, Takagi. Yes, that's all That's all you need to know. <laughs> and hey, so there might be some guns involved. They're police officers, so... Alright, so we're going to go over our favorite manga cases so far. I have a list of 10. Colleen has a list of 10. We also got some readers to talk about some of their favorite cases. Uh, well, not readers. You don't read the podcast. Listeners, even. So we want to thank them for contributing. I guess I'll go first because, you know, you know what they say as a gentleman, men first. Yep. That's what they say. <laughs> At least on this podcast. I think I just went in like uh, chronological order. I guess you did too. So. Oh, no, you didn't. Huh. Or can you just not count? Huh? 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 Oh. Yeah, one's out Well, of I guess order. you originally... Okay, so I screwed the whole thing up, because uh, we were supposed to do just five, and then I did ten, because I couldn't <laughs> settle on five, and Colleen had a bunch of, like, honorable mentions, and so she just added uh, some stuff to make her list of ten, too. But, uh, so, I'm sure you had it correct before. I fixed it now. Like, this is not going to make any difference to anybody. It was a big deal, alright, trust me. (laughs) So, number one for me, well, again, chronological order, but the roller coaster murder case. This is the pilot episode, obviously. And I think this is just a really great case because you really get the the sense of the feel of the show. You get like, ah, there's an exciting murder mystery. There's a couple murder mysteries in here. The like beginning with the guy at the mansion. We got the roller coaster one with the jilted ex lover, mm-hmm. and you know I thought that it was a really cool case with the gymnast, you know, using her acrobatics to kill somebody while riding a roller coaster. You know, it was real memorable to me, and, and 
it just holds a special place just because this is the episode that got me hooked and made me, made me go, oh, I'm going to keep watching this episode and eventually led to me doing this stupid podcast and ruining my life. But <laughs> it's good, you know? I, think, I thought the pilot did what it needed to and then it has the big twist at the end where he starts to shrink. He gets a, He's a little Shinichi. Yeah. It totally sets the tone for the rest of the series. Like, it's basically... Here's what you're going to expect for the next 900 episodes. So, yeah, I, I see why it's on the list, yeah. I gotta say, I love, I'm love. i on the Detective Conan World Wiki, and they have Conan listed as a person in the episode, and they list him as currently unnamed child. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I guess, because he gets his name in episode two, right? We then jump to episode 11, which is also on your list. We only had one crossover thing here, which I thought was surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, so one of my honorable mentions is also a crossover, so now we have two. All right, two, but (laughs) still not not much uh, similarities there, I'm surprised. But episode 11 is the Moonlight's Not a Murder Case, and I think this is just a pure classic. You know, it was a two-part episode, which I think was the first two-parter, so it really felt like the the biggest scope for the show to this point, you know, obviously it's 11 episodes in, so it's not like too crazy. Or wait, was it two parts? It was, oh, it was a one hour, hour special. Yeah. Sorry. So this was a one hour special, so that this was much bigger scope than everything that came before. And obviously it's only 11 episodes. And we even go to the point where there's like 2.5 hour specials down the line. But this felt like a bigger deal, you know. And, you know, obviously we're now getting like three part cases and stuff. But at the time it was like, wow, a whole hour. And I thought this case is just so great you know and it has such an impact on conan when he sees the uh the doctor who he thought was a woman but wound up being a son and you know they were like hiding their identity uh she burns away while playing the moonlight sonata and it has a real real impact on conan where he's like oh i i cornered them into the situation where they thought death was the only option and he counts that as him basically murdering. So it really hits him hard. And so then we find, you know, it leads to a lot of in future episodes. Conan always tries to save the criminal, even though they're like a murderous psychopath. And he's because he doesn't want to stoop to that level. So uh, I thought this really tells you a lot about Conan's character, or I guess Shinichi's character as a person. And it was a real memorable case for that. And I think the overall mystery is really solid, too. Uh, what would you think about that episode, Colleen? Because it's also your choice. Yeah, so I agree with what you already pointed out. Uh, definitely sets like Shinichi's honor code, or maybe not sets, but maybe just lets us know that he has one in a way. Because up till then, I guess we were just like, okay, he's like a mystery buff, and he just wants to solve all these cases. But there is actually a side to him that is more of like a you know the people side of things, I guess, and he doesn't want to see people just die for no reason um yeah so other than what you've already mentioned like uh this episode has a beautiful soundtrack um like just watch this for the classical music alone um and it's uh like i i rewatched parts of it to remember uh exactly what happened so like we have a little bit of japanese magic mixed with musical notes so i thought i'd mention that because we always talk about japanese magic around here um and because it was the first one hour special it had sort of like a movie pacing and a movie vibe to it uh so it's it was different at least at the time uh 
from like the more the shorter episodes that we had up till then so it really felt like you you got like a good fill of conan and yeah it was just a great twist as to who the murderer was I'm not sure if it, this is 100 accurate, but I felt like it was the first, like, serial killer case, because, you know, there's a bunch of deaths here, which is one after another, so it feels a lot more dangerous. And it's really impressive how they make you feel bad about this serial killer, you know, committing suicide at the end. You know, like, uh, they really managed to make you, uh, you know, like this case we just covered, the anime original, we didn't really feel bad about the the killer and stuff but like they they lay everything out to where there's a real good emotional pull at the end you know it really succeeds from a writing standpoint that hack he can be pretty good sometimes yeah and it had some great comedy moments too like with the um the island police officer you know the the older gentleman sort of not knowing how how to go about doing an investigation and like all the other um islanders or villagers whatever you want to call them yeah i I thought that there was also some comedy to balance out sort of the tragedy in this episode so my third case is kegra's class reunion murder case this was a two-parter it was the season finale if you will of the first season and i thought this was just an excellent case it's one of the first ones where conan's like wow this is so deeply personal for kegra i'm not gonna knock him out i'm gonna you know, help him figure it out, and he's gonna come to the conclusion by himself. And it's a real painful personal case for Kogoro. I really feel like this kind of gives you the ultimate picture of Kogoro, and like, even though he may seem like a shitty dad and a deadbeat dad at some points, and like not the greatest guy, he really does care about people. He cares about doing the right thing, and you get a real good glimpse at him there. And I think. Just the relationship he has with all of his former classmates is real fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just a real memorable case for the mystery and how much it hits him for Kagura. I'm looking forward to uh, watching it in our uh, case-closed dub review for, uh, like, the exclusive Patreon podcast, because I don't remember that case very well at all. Well, uh, about probably, like, two years. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Great, great. But uh, I'll remember that it's one of your top cases. We then uh, jump to episode 34 and 35 for the Mountain Via Bandaged Man murder case. This always sticks out. It's one of the first, like, Sonico Center cases, kind of, where they're going to her family vacation home, like, which she has 50 of. And every time she goes to one, there's a (laughs) murder case. But I thought this was really a smart episode. It was also one of those first cases where... Oh, they go to a remote location and then they get cut off from the rest of the world. And this becomes, like, a very much a type of episode. Because, you know, oh, they go to the ski lodge and it happens. They go mm-hmm. here and it happens. They go to a castle and it happens. But this was kind of one of the first of them. And I th- the whole reveal of that the fat guy wasn't fat and he had a head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was storing a head, a person's decapitated head, as his belly. I thought that ruled. Super so. memorable. This case almost made my list as well, by the way. Yeah, it's a real good case, and I think the killer's real memorable with how he bandages up his face. Now, he uses that to his advantage to make people think he's somewhere else, because he just, you know, does that with the decapitated head, and, like, real great case. So, I think that's a real strong uh, two-parter. Do you have any other thoughts, Colleen? Um, no. (laughs) Good. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, then move into episode 42, the karaoke Box murder case. We just talked about this uh, an episode or two ago. 
Lex. Mm-hmm. The coolest band. I think this is important for a couple reasons. First off, this hits him with the uh, uh, the whole, like, him not liking the plastic surgery that the manager got. And he just wanted her to be happy with her- herself. And, you know, that th- I thought that was a good message. Also, I'm a rock star. I can relate to other rock stars. I thought the, the emotional pull was real good. And, like, if you get me to really care about, like, who was murdered, it was like I'm... You know, like, just people not understanding each other and a failure to communicate. Because, like, he's a real dick to this girl, that uh, the manager that he was in love with. And a lot of a lot of complicated feelings, Colin. Oh, that's for sure. And it also brings up an important fact that Conan cannot sing. And he's totally tone deaf and bad with music. Which kind of <laughs> contradicts what we saw out of him from uh, Moonlight Sonata. Because... Like, even thinking back to um, that case, I was like, why is Conan sort of, like, musically inclined all of a sudden when, I don't know if they, like, decided later on, like, if Goshoyama decided later on to make him tone deaf to just give him, like, one flaw. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I did like that aspect of this case, the, like, karaoke part. And it's doubly funny because of who Conan's voice is actresses episode 52 then makes my list the miss goblin legend murder case this is the one with all the monks and yeah. they have the like tengu that they're saying is murdering the all these people yeah the trick is amazing i think this is a great one hour special i think it's so clever and i really really like this case like it's just the whole and it be it, the murderer being the most like unassuming uh monk of them all is really like oh shit and it's just a really smart case that hits a lot of feels, you know? So I really love the Miss Goblin case. Yeah, we've got a little paranormal in this one. They tease it, yeah. It's interesting when they bring the like the Japanese lore into things. Yeah, I always like when we get some folklore stuff and that ties into the cases. It's a learning experience, you know? And then episode 48 and 49, the Diplomat murder case. This is where <laughs> Haiji's introduced for the first time. I'm not Tori. surprised to see this on your list. And you know what the craziest thing is? Shinichi returns. How did this not make your list? Shinichi, the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend. We, we find out that he can transform it back into an adult. And then he transforms back into a kid. It's craziness. It's like such a big plot device where you're like, holy shit, he can transform so that you get hope. That, you know, he will be able to find a cure. Uh, Spoiler, a thousand episodes later, they're still struggling to figure (laughs) that one out. But, you know, you're like, oh, man, this is such a memorable case for that. And the actual case is really smart. It's it's a locked room murder case. And then we learn that it kind of (laughs) wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) With how the death was. It was such an underwhelming thing to see, like, them come up with all these huge, like, hypotheses of how this case was done and how it was pulled off and then it turns out that the wife just killed her husband when she walked up to him at the very end oh, like a boss i mean this case that we just covered the under- underwater key one it kind of reminded me of the diplomat one just because like kogro came up with like a perfect solution or what it seemed to be at first so i was like huh this is like that time that heiji came up with that whole like keychain string idea so yeah, yeah i was getting diplomat murder vibes and another Heiji episode, the Holmes Freak murder case is episode 57 and 58. And this is kind of the first episode where Hattori really feels like Hattori. He's kind of a bit of a dick to 
everybody in the first episode. But here you kind of get that feeling of, oh, Conan and Hattori, you kind of feel their friendship coming into place here. And I really like that duo and the Holmes freak aspects real fun. You know, seeing all these people that are obsessed with Sherlock Holmes. I think it's a real fun idea for a case. Lots of fun references to Sherlock. So I'm a a big fan of this case. And Colleen, it made your list as well. It did. So this, it was either going to be the Diplomat one or the Holmes freak one. The reason I didn't go with the Diplomat one was because Heiji was less than desirable in that one, despite it having Shinichi. Like, it was a really hard choice. But I went with Holmes Freak Murder Case just because I felt like it was a pivotal moment in the story, like, overall, because Heiji discovers who Conan is, and that's kind of going to, like, set them on this journey, this relationship of, like... How Heiji's like one of the only people who knows his true identity. And it really changes their dynamic um, from this point on. Because earlier it was just like very, very one-sided Heiji rivalry. But now they're kind of building that bond, that friendship. And uh, yeah, I just chose it because of that and because of the Sherlock Holmes aspect as well. Like it had some really good gags in it with Kogoro like not having any of this. Like he was basically like... Making fun of all the the uh, Sherlock Holmes nerds and uh, yeah, it was just it, it's just a enjoyable case overall. Uh, we then jump to episode one eighteen, the Nanawa serial murder case. This is another Hattori case. Can you tell who my favorite character is? Yeah, Tan Shinichi. He's cool. He's tanned. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man's man. All right. So yeah, I, this case is really cool because they take a trip to Shinichi, or Shinichi, to Hattori's neck of the woods. So we get introduced to that Osaka police force. Uh, Kazuha is introduced for the very first time, and I love her. I think she's such a fun character, and their relationship is so much fun. She's so spunky. Yeah, this is another like serial killer case, and it was a real surprising killer where it winds up being the guy that's been helping. Haiji the whole time, the you know, the detective that's driving them around, like somebody's so close and they don't seem suspicious and they wind up being the kill and you're like, holy shit. And then the whole reasoning being like the uh, drunk driving set up and stuff like that. It's a real interesting case. I, th- I think it's a brilliant episode. Yeah, I liked um, you, you mentioned it, but like the change in location was really fun. And then finally, the girl from the Black Organization in the University Professor Murder Case. Because my girl Hibera is introduced. This did not make my list. <laughs> Just so we you know. We also get Black Organization coming back into the case, which is refreshing. We haven't seen them in like a hundred episodes <laughs> besides yeah. the messing up the um, billion yen uh, robbery and then having to redo it. So we hadn't seen them in forever. And I think Hibera is such a great character. And yeah, I just big fan of High Bear. She's the queen, much like yourself, Colleen. Deep down. <laughs> Aw, thank you. I, I guess you're you're High Bear. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just do my list now? <laughs> yeah, go go ahead. <laughs> All right. No, I'm 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 kidding. Uh, yeah, I think you picked really great cases. I found fa- I find it interesting that we both went with like a primarily. Kogoro centric cases rather than um, detective boys. I mean, I've kind of felt bad, so I I put one in there with the detective boys, but uh, 
yeah, most of them are, most of mine are also co-grow cases, as I call them. Yeah, the thing with the detective boys is they're usually real good cases, but they're more on the, like, light fun side rather than the, like, huge emotional pull than something. Like, oh, I hope this little kid doesn't get hurt. Oh, they're having fun. They're doing, <laughs> they're being, getting in the mischief, but it's never, like... You're not going to have, like, a 10-year-old have this, like, emotional case where his best friend's a murderer, you know what I mean? Ginta's brother's not going to get locked up for yeah. <laughs> and thrown in no, the juvie, sure. you know? I just feel like if we were doing this exercise with uh, Kyle, <laughs> he would just name all Detective Boys episodes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I purposely picked earlier episodes. Well, uh, Well, first of all, I tried to limit myself to five, but then I had honorable mentions, so... Anyways, we ended up with 10 to match, but the first few are episodes that I haven't covered on this podcast, so I I did it because I didn't want to run the risk of saying something contradictory to what I said on the podcast. Like, imagine I didn't like an episode and I made it, I put it on my list just because it's memorable for some reason. So yeah, but in the end, I have some um, more recent episodes as well, so I don't know how well my plan's going to work out. Um, so this first one, uh, it's going to sound so nerdy, but this is one that really stuck with me. And to this day, I think about this case quite often. Like it's been probably a decade since I've actually watched What this. Are you worried about like getting a tan from wearing a watch? I mean, you haven't <laughs> said the name of the case here, but I know what case you're bringing up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just like, so... In case you guys don't remember that one, it's episode nine, the Tenkaichi Festival murder case. Um, This was like in the early days of me watching Conan. I was just getting used to the series. I was kind of like getting a flavor for it. And this one really um, like wowed me with the, the trick, like the fact that the guy spent, you know, a year planning this in advance is probably what got me with the, and like the photographs and all that. Uh, so yeah, I I just really for whatever reason it's so memorable to me. I remember the trick, um, and I really hope that when we cover it again in the dub review, I feel the same way and it still holds up because, like I said, I've thought about this case like over the years. Why do why does it come up so often? Are you thinking about pulling off a similar like multi year murder plan? No, no. <laughs> I think it's because I gotta say I think you're gonna be so impressed with me when I murder you, Colleen. <laughs> All the yeah. years of work. Yeah, after, like I don't know from my grave. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 does it come up? Uh, I think it's just because. Like, as I continue to watch Conan, I'm constantly trying to be impressed by the tricks uh, or, like, by, impressed by the the culprits. And I don't know if it's just, like, nostalgia. This one, like, solidified itself as one of those early ones that I just can't forget. Um, like, it's probably the planning. It really was the planning of the, like, he went there a year in advance to get the same picture to pull off this case like for whatever reason that just really stuck with me maybe upon rewatching it it's not going to be a big deal anymore because i've seen so much more episodes now to compare to but i don't know it just it's one that uh, i remember fondly i think it's also the first case where we know who the murderer is and we just have to figure out how he did it and the 
how he did it is so clever there that, you know, they really nailed that type of case. And every time you come across that type of case, it's kind of like the gold standard that you compare it to. So I understand where you're coming from. Great episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right, too. Um... I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid comment, Colleen. Obviously. Yeah, what do you mean, think I'm right? Come on. So the second episode I have on my list was episode 11, Moonlight Sonata. I think we went through it. Um, We know why it's a classic. I'm not going to go through it again. So the third one I've got is episode 16, The Antique Collector Murder Case. Um, This is the one with the samurai sword enthusiasts and like the the drawers with all the cut up, uh, like it was a cut up in to uh, like hide the dying message i don't know yeah this rules and uh just to give a quick shout out sorry to interrupt i want to give another honorable mention that case at the museum where the dude's fucking killed in the way that matches the painting that was pretty rad too that that, this just reminded me of that just looking through the the picture of how he was murdered with the knife sticking through him sorry i'm just taking over but i love (laughs) i love at the very end where they take the sword and then they go to attack kagura and everybody's like, wow, he didn't even flinch. And then we notice he has, like, the smallest little cut on his nose, and then he starts freaking out once he wakes up. Oh, see, it's so hard to just pick, whatever, five, ten out of how many yeah. manga cases? Like, it's been 155 episodes, but, like, what, a hundred of them are manga cases? So, yeah, it's just yeah, really Yeah, at least tough. 80, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the antique collector one... I just, again, it's like one of the earlier episodes I saw and just really remember it. I think it's just a great dying message episode. Like, it was so fun with the, like, it it was kind of like a puzzle in the end because the guy rearranged the drawers to disguise um, the dying message, which happened to be the the killer's name. So, yeah, that's just one that I remember as having, like, one of the best dying messages. All right, so uh, the next is episode uh, 18. And I saw, like, two different titles for this one. Uh, So it's either known as a June Bride murder case or the Poison Bride attempted murder case. Um, This is the one where it's, uh, like, I guess Shinichi, Sonico, and Ron's teacher uh, getting married to her, like, whatever, her childhood friend or whatnot. And he ends up um, trying to kill her, but she, like, is in on it, so she goes along with it. I don't know. I just thought it was a great story. It had a fantastic, like, sort of backstory going on. Great trick with fingerprints. A great twist. And it, it was the debut, I believe, of Detective Sonico. So, yeah, again, it's just a memorable case in my mind. Plus, we have that feel-good ending where the person that tried to kill the other person wind up getting married down the line. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for a happy ending. <laughs> Love oh, prevails. Geez. Yeah, that's a great case. The, the lemonade drink, man. I still remember that. That sticks with me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one was my last minute entry, because when I realized that uh, Tyler had 10, I was like, okay, I'll just find another one. So uh, it was either going to be uh, the Mountain Villa Bandageman case that you have it on your list, or this one, which is episode uh, 39 and 40, the Wealthy Daughter murder case. Um, I'm going to see upon rewatch if this is actually, you know, worthy of this slot, but I do remember it, uh, for having an, again, another great 
in my mind, backstory. Like, this is one where I think, I might be getting it wrong, but I think they, uh, like, the, like, main cast of characters left, like, they were on a island or something like that, and, like, someone came to save them, and then they took, like, the boat back and left that person there, and that was kind of the reasoning behind why uh, the murderer wanted to murder some of these people. So that just had like a tragic kind of side to it that like it just made me remember it so much because of it. And um, the other aspect of this episode that I really liked was the um, the evidence. So I'm always going on about, you know, how I love the tricks or I love the, like the dying message. But this one, it's the evidence that really got me because it was like the uh, the stains the water stains on the shirts. So you basically have this sequence where you have like the three suspects and it's Conan looking at where like the positioning of their water stains and that's kind of what gives away who the murderer was. So for those reasons, and I think there was also like an aspect to it where Ron was a little like in danger. So um, it was like high stakes in that respect. So yeah, I feel like it's on my list right now, but I don't know if it's going to stay there, you know, once I rewatch it, I think it's a strong episode. You know, you have the the rich woman; she goes missing. There's that whole search. A lot of memorable characters. You know, Takuya Mifune, the uh, mm-hmm, that's very right. tan guy with the ponytail. He's a cool guy. He winds up reappearing a few times. Yeah, he's actually in another uh, episode on this list of mine. Yeah, so he shows up again, and I think that's a real the the reasoning for the murder. Shows like, oh wow. Sometimes the victims aren't all that innocent after all. And, uh, you know, I think it's a real good, a real solid case. So I agree with that being on here. So the next one was uh, the Holmes Freak murder case. We basically covered that. Um, so I'll just skip it. Next one would be episode 63, Big Monster Gomera murder case. Um, so I added this one because I felt like, I felt bad for not having a Detective Boys episode on the list. Um, well, you could have at least picked one with High Bear on it. Come on, Colin. Ugh. Who do you think I am? <laughs> I will say, I almost put the uh, the stadium case on mine with the, uh, the you know the one at the soccer stadium yeah. right after High Bear joins. I think that's a real good uh, one where the detective boys are also. Yeah. Too. So, like all jokes aside, if I were to put a High Bear episode on my list, it would probably be that one. That the stadium case is really good. Uh, like. I feel like it's like we were talking about how Detective Boys episodes are usually more on the light and fluffy side, but that one was actually a little bit more um, dangerous, I guess, and you get the police involved in that one. So, yeah, that was a great case, too. But just going back to the Gomera case, um, I thought, uh, like, I really enjoyed sort of the, it was memorable because of what it was representing, like how Gomera was part of it. Um, there was some really good moments with, uh, Professor Agasa. Like, I don't know if this is the first one. I should have done my research. It might've been the first time, uh, Conan used Agasa for the deduction show. And it was just really funny, you know, trying to get their rhythm going because Agasa obviously isn't, uh, like he's still conscious. So he has to just like match his mouth flaps to whatever Conan's saying. So like introducing that concept into the show i thought was really great um and there's like there's a really cute scene where i think it was ayumi 
uh, caught on to what Conan was doing. She's like, what are you doing back there, Conan? So I don't know, I had a lot of little comedic moments like that. Um, and yeah, the, the whole the mystery trick part of it was also pretty memorable to me. So I put it on the list. Why not? Uh, so <laughs> the next two are going to have really simple explanations. So the first one's episode 76, uh, which is Conan versus Kaido Kid, because Kaido Kid. <laughs> like, it's the introduction of Kaido Kid. Uh, we get, like, a really different feel for the show. Like, it's more of a heist in this one versus, like, a murder or a kidnapping or anything like that. So it, it definitely, like, introduces, like, a yet another aspect that detective conan as a series covers uh kaido kid is a fan favorite he's wonderful um his performance isn't like the strongest i think he has more um like he has better magic tricks throughout the series but like you can't beat the debut of kaido kid yeah it's a big moment i'm glad you put the kaido kid cases on here because i kind of felt bad leaving them out but they they're definitely memorable cases, and we also see, like you, uh, we were talking about earlier, Takuya Mifune reappears. We also get the uh, French cuisine chef, which <laughs> is from a, the liner case, which is another memorable one, the one with the incest. <laughs> the <laughs> that's that's what incest. we remember from it. That's what I remember from it. I don't know about you, but, you know, that's a real memorable case. So I, I fully agree with you there. That's a good one. So now we do, like, a really big skip to episode 130, I guess, it's it's three of them, episodes 132 through to 134, the Magic Lover's Murder Case, and because Kaido Kid. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and this is such a, oh, sorry, I'm going to take control here. No, go ahead. I want to talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've talked enough, woman. What I woman. really like about this case is, like, that first episode that's the prototypical heist episode for Kaido Kid. And we have a ton of these that we'll also cover down the line. But, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with Conan's trying to protect something. Kaido Kid's trying to outsmart him. It's this fun game of cat and mouse. And then there's also these episodes, and I feel like these are a little bit more infrequent, but where Kaido Kid just pops out of fucking nowhere and he's like, <laughs> hey, I was in this case. And you didn't even know it. You know, and it, where he's been playing a different character and maybe his reasoning for being there isn't to just steal stuff. Like here we, I think the whole reasoning of him, like trying to figure out what happened to uh, this magician that he respected, that he knows died and kind of picking up that mantle and being involved in the case here is real interesting. And it definitely gives a different side of Kaido kid than what we got out of the first time. So I, I'm really glad you put this on because <laughs> Even though it's very different, I think this is the one I prefer out of the two uh, Kaido Kid cases. We've only had two so far. He hasn't been a, a major thing in the anime so far. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I felt like my list wouldn't be complete without a magician-themed uh, episode. Like, there's some other ones that I was looking at uh, to put on here, like the Magician Suicide one, I think it was called. Um, but I figured I'll put the one with Kaido Kid. Uh, I liked how like we got all the characters who had their favorite magicians, and the trick was amazing. I, I really liked it as well. It it had me stumped the first time I watched. I was like, even the second time, I'm like, can we go over like how the string worked and the arrow and all that? It was just fantastic. Um, 
And it was fun because it's a Sonico episode as well. So anytime you mix Sonico with Kaido Kid, you know you're going to get some funny girl crush moments. Um, and this particular like set of three episodes, I found really rewatchable. The first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I kind of felt like I was gypped because it's apparently a Kaido Kid episode, but you don't see him throughout the entire thing. But the second time around, when you know who he is and that he's there, it's so much more enjoyable because you get like different things out of it. So um, yeah, I just put it on the list because obviously Kaido Kid is there. <laughs> and the last one, again, it's like, like these were originally part of my honorable mentions, so um take it with a grain of salt that these are like my you know top or my favorite but i added episode or episodes 146 and 40 147 the treadmill murder case i believe that's the the title it might go by a different name in other translations this is the uh it's the first place love story oh, okay episode thank you yeah so um that one was obviously um, the intro. We're covering the sequel next week, Colleen. It's a very timely choice. Oh, well, there you go. That's so true. I didn't even think of it. Metropolitan Love Story. Met- yeah, so, okay. The Metropolitan Police Love Story 1. That's the that's the actual title. I don't know. I was looking at a different list. I'm just like, okay, let's go. I was so confused murder. when you listed a treadmill, and I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that, Kate? And I realized it was something we did like just like a few weeks ago, and I was like, why'd you not remember a tread and then i like saw it i was like oh yeah the treadmill well well it's not even a treadmill that's the worst part of it it's a bike oh yeah isn't it an exercise bike (laughs) it is so i don't know why it was translated that way or like why it was called that in the list i was looking at okay no wonder i was confused so sorry guys like i know you you listeners expect us to have all the facts here so apologies for the the faulty information um so yeah it's uh, Shiratori's first appearance in the series, which, I mean, that's fine. I didn't pick it for that reason, but I thought I'd mention it because, you know, there might be Shiratori fans out there. What I loved about this one was this is kind of the first time that Takagi really um, shone for me. Like, sure, he, I don't know when he gets introduced, like, he's introduced fairly early on into the series, but because I watched the dub, he was always sort of, like, a wallflower. Um, Like, up until a certain point, Takagi's just sort of there, (laughs) and he has, like, some funny moments, but it's really once um, Sato gets introduced and this whole, like, love triangle stuff happens that, like, his goofy side comes out, and uh, it was a fun case because this one... Uh, didn't involve like Megure or Kogoro. I don't think Kogoro's in it at least. And Conan was just there with the three officers. Um, it was another one of those cases where it's like, okay, we know who did it. We just kind of have to figure out how. And although the trick was a little like hit and miss with like the bookcase and like the knife being balanced on top of the bookcase, I, I think um, the character development made up for that. So I put it on the list. Uh, despite having the wrong name i'm sorry again yeah really good episode and it starts off that whole line of episodes centered around the police in their i guess orgy of the police force where everybody just dates each other <laughs> yeah i guess so actually i don't know if we if you covered this uh the end of credits gag for uh the underwater key oh i missed it what is it oh so i i was like 
Um, okay, because it kind of goes back to this case. So I think it was, anyways, the voice says like, oh, in the next episode, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget the, the entire joke. But basically the gist is like that uh, it's like Sato and Takagi's, you know, relationship progressing. And Ta- Takagi, I think Takagi has a line. But anyways, the point I wanted to bring up uh, was that. Okay, let, let me just bring it up. Okay, then. it'll be better that can... way. It's because of what Megare says at the end. Yeah, I forgot to bring that up. All right, so Kenneth says, the next chapter's love story, too. And then Megare says, about me and Officer Sato. And then Takagi says, I'll rip that hat off your bald head. <laughs> so it it totally talks, like, speaks to the last time we went through this. Because didn't that that first metropolitan police story end on that note where yeah yeah where he thinks that the person sato likes is megary yeah rather than him very goofy ending yeah so i'm like what megary's after sato now yeah thank you for bringing that up that's really funny i can't believe i missed that it's like one of the only things i had in my notes for <laughs> this week so yeah really good one that'll do it for your 10 favorite we talked about my 10 favorite and we also got some favorites from our listeners i did not have them list 10 because then we'd be here for like five hours william who was on the podcast last week colin yeah if you may remember him he said one of his favorite cases is the conan kidnapping case because it was an intentionally unsolvable case for conan this is the one with the his mom and dad where they kidnap him yep he wasn't certain why he was being targeted, and the kidnappers knew more about him than the other culprits normally would. I liked watching him think when his life was on the line, not someone else's. The suspense was high, and we find out in the end that the stakes were actually low. So it goes from being intense to being a lot of fun. And I will say, another honorable mention was that there's like a two-hour special where Carlos, the big uh, Brazilian <laughs> bodyguard, yeah. actually the person the, the small dude was protecting. His mom's also in that uh, Yusaku appears as the cool guy smoking in the barn. Uh, the the episodes with his parents are a lot of fun, too. So I'm glad William brought that up. Absolutely. Like, that's the thing. We only have so many episodes to choose from. Or, like, not to choose from, but we have only so many that we can name. So we can't, we can't get them all. But, yeah, anytime his parents are involved, it's also a riot. Tiffany chimed in. She said, favorite case for me so far would probably be the old Blue Castle investigation case. Having Conan taken out of the picture early on in the story made it really feel like the detective boys were on their own and added suspense. It made the danger level feel more real and it had a very creepy feel to the story. I loved the writing in that case. That's another excellent episode. Yeah, and it's interesting that uh, people, well, at least from <laughs> what Tiffany was saying, kind of have the same feelings towards the detective boys episodes where it's just like the dan- whenever the danger level uh is raised like those become a little bit more memorable all of a sudden so we also want to give some thanks to some patreon supporters spencer young big chief mason a little medium-sized jeffrey ryan self and william who also gave some feedback here so we're very thankful and like we mentioned previously, Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story Part 2 will be uh, next podcast. Well, Part 1 and Part 2, but it's the second one of those. So probably some Sato and Takagi love story going on. Yeah, and I'm sure Megare will try and spoil that for them. Yeah, <laughs> He Megare's, probably won't. But 
horny and on the prowl, folks. And also married. Well, let's not bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll be back next week. I love how I added this, like, oh, we'll just talk about these episodes. Because the episode will be on the short side, and then we wind up going for 90 minutes again. I know. But... I was like, oh, this is only going to be like 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Always wrong. But we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.